Hey guys, it's Sammy and Robbie back again to tell you about another upcoming con. And we're super excited about this one. Mm-hmm. It's another Indiana one. This one is Pop Con, Indie Pop Con to be exact. And it's going to be in Indianapolis, again at the Convention Center. Indiana Convention Center. Right in downtown Indianapolis. And Robbie will be there April 26th through the 28th. Yes. We were just at the Indiana Comic-Con, so if you missed us, Mm -hmm. you get a chance to meet us again Mm -hmm. at PopCon. Yes. Well, at least Robbie. At least me. Ashley will be there. Oh, yeah. Ashley will be there. That's an exciting thing. Ashley will be there, so you get to meet a lot of us on the network. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two-thirds. Two-thirds of it, yes. Mm -hmm. So, if you're coming to the show, please stop by the Limitless Broadcasting booth. Mm -hmm. We're always excited to see you. All right. Oh, my God. Well, I guess we'll see you guys at the show. Bye. Bye. All it takes is faith and trust. Oh, and something I forgot. Dust. Just a little bit of pixie dust. Welcome, foolish mortals, to the Pixie Dust Twins podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Sammy. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Shall we begin? It's time to get things started on the most sensational, inspirational, celebrational, motivational Welcome back, Pixie Dusters. We're your favorite hosts. I'm Sammy. And I'm Ashley. Welcome to the Pixie Dust Twins podcast produced by Limitless Broadcasting. Yes. Make sure you go to LimitlessBroadcasting.com to check it out. Now, where are we headed to today, Ashley? We are headed to a fantastic show that's started kind of start did it start at all no it didn't start at all but it's the one that we know the most yes yeah accurate we are going to sesame street yeah we'll put the music i don't even remember it i don't know but something can you show me how to get to sesame i don't know i'll put the music in here it's fine just ignore us (laughs) we We are heading to sesame street which has been going on how many years has it been going on so they're on their 52nd season this year 52 which seems unreal well it's funny because we think it's funny that uh what is simpsons is on some big number of their show Mm -hmm. it's like i'm sorry no you're not the longest running Sesame Street is. I mean, it's not animated, but it's still Still. longer running than you. (laughs) Still. That's great. And this requires a lot of coordination because they have live actors plus the puppets. And so it's even more impressive if you think about it. It It is more impressive in my opinion. Yeah. It's it's a lot. So we're, we're going to be talking about this for a second, (laughs) trying to just hit highlights of the show because there's no way we're talking in detail about 52 seasons of this so even the highlights oh my goodness it's still a lot yeah it is things they have done that are considered important and groundbreaking and yeah but not so all the things Mm -hmm. all Um, right let's get started so i believe i mentioned this last 
time we were together, but Sesame Street was the brainchild of a lady called Joan Gans Cooney, who is a former documentary producer for public television. So it kind of makes sense, at least the public television part kind of makes sense mm-hmm. that she got involved in that. So she wanted to make programming that was for preschoolers that was entertaining and educational, which I think Sesame Street is a good mesh of that. So yeah, she had a brilliant idea floating around up here. And she wanted to make sure she used TV as a way to help underprivileged three to five-year-olds prepare for kindergarten. And I was just like, oh, that makes sense now why they do some of the things that they do on the show. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, because everyone has access to public TV. So yeah, well, I mean, as long as you have the TV, yeah. but yeah, I was just like, oh, that's so nice. It was yeah. just, it came from a good place, I guess yeah. is what I want to say. Well, and working at, cause I work at a children's museum here and just to kind of add into this, what I think is so cool is I learned working here that early childhood education, which is this age range right. was not a thing back then. Like mm-hmm. she was kind of, it sounds like she was kind of one of the groundbreakers to it. Mm-hmm. Like it has only become popular in the last like couple decades. Like it wasn't even popular when you and I were kids. So that's really cool that she's kind of, she's probably kind of one of the pioneers of leading us into early childhood education. Yeah. I think that makes sense too, because when we started to get older, I feel like we started seeing more educational slash Mm -hmm. entertainment Mm -hmm. things for kids. I mean, now there's a plethora of options out there, not just Sesame Street, but yeah, Yeah. when we were growing up, if it was a cartoon, it was a cartoon. It didn't necessarily teach you anything i know disney has a lot of lessons in their shows and whatnot but but not when we were younger yeah that's what i was gonna say it really wasn't so much when we were kids it was just cartoons were fun entertainment shows were fun and then you've got sesame street which was both so because if you wanted to learn we had to watch pbs and half the time the shows were so boring because it was only educational very true sorry pbs You're better now, but you were not back in the early 90s. Yeah, some of it was not easy to swallow when you're a small child with a low attention span. So Sesame Street (laughs) hit it on the head, definitely. They did. All right, so Sesame Street itself was set in a fictional New York neighborhood and included ethnically diverse characters and positive social images or messages, as we know. And like I said last time, Joan hired puppeteer Jim Henson to create a cast of characters, which obviously became the main stars Mm -hmm. of Sesame Street. So, oh, I put this in here twice because I didn't realize I had this in here. Okay. So during the first season, (laughs) Oscar the Grouch was orange. Did you know that? I did not. Yes. That's funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He and Big Bird were the only Muppets that appeared regularly in what they called street scenes. And I was just like, that's so funny. There was some, some story about how Oscar, he ended up in like a garbage pile or something disgusting. And that's why he turned green and, you know, he doesn't take baths. So now he's just green instead of orange. There was some story. So they actually explained why he went from orange to green in the show. So he didn't start off in a trash can. I, he was, I don't know actually if he was in the trash can originally, I want to say he was, and they just didn't like the color on TV is what I remember seeing. They said the orange didn't look good. So they went to switch it up, but there was, there was some story about why he became green. So maybe he did become in the 
the trash can afterwards. Okay. But either way is kind of funny to me. (laughs) But I'm glad they explained it. They didn't just assume kids are dumb and wouldn't figure out, you know, that he changed colors. Oh, they so would have figured it out. They're like, what's going on? Exactly. So Bob, Mr. Hooper, Gordon, and Susan were the original human cast members. Okay. And they were kind of the main part of the show. So the Muppets would eventually become the biggest stars, but they were not in it as frequently as the humans. And Mm -hmm. I thought that was interesting how it kind of changed. The dynamic changed as the years went on and they kind of figured out what worked and what didn't work. Mm -hmm. They also apparently had a lot of cartoon segments that aired in the first season and they were on more frequently than the Muppets segments. Oh, interesting. Even when you saw like promotional materials and whatnot for the Muppets show, they had a lot of these animated characters interacting with the Muppets. Hmm. Like, oh, I did not know that there was a lot of animated things in the early days of this. So I wanted to kind of see like what Muppet characters were in the first season that we recognized. There was a whole list and I basically deleted most of the ones I didn't know. I didn't mean to leave mm-hmm. Betty Lou in. I don't know who Betty Lou is, but Bert and Ernie <laughs> were in the first season. Know who they are. Big Bird, obviously. obviously. Big Bird, they were saying he did get a little bit of a makeover, which makes sense. I think they added, f- making him like fluffier, added feathers. Mm-hmm. They changed his personality a little bit because he went from kind of like a dumb adult to more like a kid, which I think mm-hmm. works better for yeah. the show. Cookie Monster was in the first season. Oscar was in the first season that like we were just mm-hmm. talking about. And then Kermit the Frog that's where he kind of got his big debut into the world before he went on to just do the other Muppet thing. I didn't know he was in Sesame Street. Yes. Fun fact. Nice. So he, he originally was on Sam and Friends looking mm-hmm. kind of sketch. Weird. And then, <laughs> exactly. And then they <laughs> brought him on and he looked a lot better on Sesame Street. So he kind of hung out with them and then he went on to do his own thing because Jim Henson brought right. him with them when he decided to go do the Muppet mm-hmm. show and whatnot. So just like look at you kermit so it's kind of in all the worlds so we're gonna start talking about the season so there's a lot going on in this not every single season no 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 no. we're just clarifying but there's a reason why they're included so there's there's a reason to the madness so 1969 (laughs) was the first season of the show Mm -hmm. and every year they have a curriculum that they're using to teach the kids. So the first year they learned how to count to 10 about colors, shapes, the alphabet, about their emotions, what it means to be an individual and cooperation with others. And I was like, that's, that's a good mix, especially Mm -hmm. for the first season. I was just like, okay, well, you were kind of definitely on it when it came to coming up with the lesson plan. They had to have elementary school teachers making that curriculum. Like, yeah, I don't know. That is, that is like, Mm-hmm. That sounds like the standards for a state. Mm-hmm. Yes. Obviously they had people involved who knew what they were doing. Yeah. It wasn't just, I mean, oh, no offense. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sure Jim Henson seems like a, he's probably a cool dude, but I highly doubt he came up with. No. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and then, like I said, that introduced Big Bird and Kermit who had already been introduced yeah. to the world and Oscar the Grouch. And like I said, he was orange. I put that in here like three times. It cracks me up. This you is what happens when you put your notes, sure. in, <laughs> notes in sporadically. You Guess wanted to make Oscar's sure that was very much like pushed through. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's cracking me up. Okay. So in 1971, which is season three, they introduced Big Bird's friend, Snuffle, 
snuffleupolis. How do you say it? snuffleupagus? Snuffleupolis is I know. Yeah, I was like, it's in my head. <laughs> snuffleupagus. Anyway, know. he's he's important. There, I have him in here for a reason. Uh-huh. So we will return to his character. Okay. Later. But there's a reason he was introduced in season three. Okay. So, in season four, which was 1972, they actually launched two international productions of nice. Sesame Street, Plaza Sesimo in Mexico and Villa 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 Sesimo in Brazil. I'm sure I butchered that. Anyway, but I thought it was interesting <laughs> that it was Mexico and Brazil is where the first yeah. two international. I'm just like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. Mexico makes sense in my mind. Brazil does not. <laughs> yeah, I think it really was the Brazil one that I was kind of like, okay, sure. Why sure. Not? And obviously they were based on the name. You can tell <laughs> they adapted them to each country's culture identity, which makes sense. Yeah. Like you don't want to be yeah. focused on American things when you're you're not in America. Yeah. And season four is when we got introduced to the vampire Count von Counts. He was one of my him. favorite characters. Yes, because he's so silly. <laughs> <laughs> I love him too. So I was so excited to see that because I didn't know when some of these characters popped up. So that's mm-hmm. some of the fun is seen as they appear yeah. throughout the seasons. So in season five, they went to Germany. They launched ah. a German version. Sesame Strass? I have no German training. I have no idea it's- how to say this. Sesame I'm sure that's wrong. You know what's sad? I had German training in first grade before I came to Cherbusco. Like we learned German in yeah. my first grade class. Don't remember a lick of it. I don't, I can't even count in it anymore. Anyway, there's a German version of Sesame Street that started in 1973. And special guests that they had on in the American version of Sesame Street included Johnny Cash and Morgan Freeman. And wow. I just was like, I know those two people. So I put them in because <laughs> I was like, that's so cool. Imagine Morgan Freeman with the Muppets. Well, and her. he might have been, he was young then. Yeah, Morgan Freeman with the Muppets. I'm sure that was hilarious. It had to have been. Highly entertaining. I wonder I'm, if we can find it on YouTube. I'm sure there's all sorts of stuff <laughs> on YouTube. And I know PBS like streaming has some older seasons and so does HBO Max I think so I was like one of these days I'm gonna just find some of these episodes and watch them (laughs) because I'm sure it's super funny so in 1975 which was season seven they explored major issues affecting their community and beyond so they talked about basic politics related Mm -hmm. to the upcoming bicentennial and I was just like okay that makes sense that's a big probably thing that kids are hearing about bicentennials Mm -hmm. coming and all that so they included it in the show and they also started including new segments that focused on children with learning disabilities. And I thought that was very early on because yeah, d- let's just say the an American school system didn't even really get on board with the learning disability thing at this point in time. So bravo Sesame Street because you're ahead of the game. I don't even know if it was, I mean, they started or at least it was hap- happening a little bit when we were in school, but like but, full inclusion and immersion has only been the last like, maybe 10, 15 years. Yeah. Like exactly. since we graduated. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which is kind of pathetic, but it's really sad people. Just saying, just a little opinion wanted to throw out there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Also in season seven, they finally left Sesame street and went exploring other places. 
So the first place they went was to visit Lewis's family in Rio Grande, in the Rio Grande Valley of New Mexico. I was just like, okay, you big bird. There's I saw a picture of big bird, like out and about. And I was just like, oh, he looks so funny (laughs) (laughs) and not on the street. (laughs) Sorry. I saw a note. We'll get to it. You're making me laugh. I think I know what you're doing. Okay. So in 1976, which was season eight, they had been receiving criticism that they basically were not being diverse enough with the cast as far as women. So, and they were in stereotypical roles and everything. So they focused on expanding the number of women and diversification of their interests and pursuits. And I thought that was very nice that they listened and grew just like look mm-hmm. at you, Destiny Street. They did a lot of progressive things on the show. And I yeah. think that's just great. And this is still we're still in the 70s. We haven't even this, gotten well and this is why it's still going because they listen mm-hmm. and they they actually make changes. Yeah they adapt and all of that. Yeah. So yeah that was another cool thing. In season 11, 1979, Sesame Street was visited <laughs> by two special guests from a galaxy far, far away. C-3PO and R2-D2. My favorite joint. Uh, yeah, look. <laughs> I know. You have like more Star Wars shirts than me now. I got some for my birthday. I was just like, all right, so I'm going to wear them. You know, why not? <laughs> but yeah, I figured you would enjoy that. That I did not know. I knew the the Muppet show, which we'll talk about next week, yeah. had a crossover with Star Wars and everything. But I didn't I knew that. know they were on here, which it makes sense they were on here if they were yeah. Definitely going to find this episode now. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's super cute. Cause... Especially C-3PO talking to the Muppets. Like, yes. I really want to hear this conversation. I was thinking that C-3PO and Muppets, Big Bird and all that. It's got to be hilarious. Boy, hopefully R2-D2 watched his mouth. It's a children's show, I'm R2. Sure, I'm sure C-3PO lectured him. He better of. Because you know yeah. R2. He has a mm-hmm. mouth. Yeah. So let me know if you find it. I will. In 1980, which was season 12, Mr. Rogers stopped by. And that was another fun little crossover. I was just like, yeah. oh, look, he popped over from his neighborhood to yours. Oh, <gasps> <Aww>. cute. <laughs> I just love Mr. Rogers, too. So I do, too. Who doesn't, honestly? <laughs> in 1981, season 13, a blind Muppet named Aristotle mm. was added to the cast. And I was just like, okay, see, they got that inclusion. I don't, rem- I don't remember Aristotle. I don't remember enough about Sesame Street to say what characters I do and don't remember besides like Big Bird and Cookie Monster and the Count. (laughs) I mean, yeah. So he, yeah, I don't know what his involvement was, but he was added to the cast. So I was just like, that's cool. All right. But the next fact, not so fun, a little sad. In 1983, which is season 15, Will Lee, who played Mr. Hooper, had passed away in 1982. So obviously this gave Sesame Street an opportunity to explore death in a gentle and authentic way for children. And I think it's really great that they didn't just recast him or just he wasn't back and they didn't, you know, explain it or they just said he moved or something. They went, you know, face head, head into it. There we go. So after they decided not to avoid the truth by writing Dr. Hooper off the show or replacing him, they took care to craft an episode that not only explained death, but also the emotions that come with it, like sadness, confusion, and even anger. That I thought was very cool because 
you, you want to make sure kids understand they're going to feel lots of things when something like this happens. And it's not just, I'm sad. You, you might be confused and the anger thing is very real too. And it's important for them to understand that it's okay that you're angry. So uh, the episode also messaged to viewers that those left behind still loved and were still loved and cared for by the, you know, the person that had passed away. I was just like, oh, warming my heart. I couldn't bear myself though to watch the video of Big Bird finding out because <laughs> I read about it and I was like, nope, nope, nope. I'm just gonna reading about this is enough. If I watch yeah. a Big Bird finding this out, I'm just like, I'm not gonna. Nope. nope, I can't do it yet. Nope. So not on my list (laughs) to do, but I think it's very awesome that they did this for kids and it actually won an Emmy, which makes sense because can you imagine the writing on that? I mean, it's from what I can tell, it was very, very well done. So, well, and I mean, our society has been such the society that like anything bad for kids Block it out, block it out, block yeah, it out. Let's shun not talk them about away the hard from stuff. it. Mm-hmm. Let's not, let's, let's hide it. And it's like, no, these kids back then and now and in the future need to learn about how to handle these hard emotions. Mm-hmm. Like if I we agree. don't teach them, they're not going to turn out to be good human beings. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it, it's going to be bad. Yeah. So I'm, wow. I'm, I'm very proud of Sesame Street. And like we were just saying, they're not going to know that what they're feeling is okay. Cause yeah. they're going to think, Oh, I, I can't be sad about it in public or I can't talk about mm-hmm. it. And this is the opposite of that. And it's, mm-hmm. no, you can talk about it and how you feel. And even if you feel like this is not the right emotion, it's okay to yeah. feel that way. Yeah. I think it's amazing yeah. that they're teaching little, little kids yeah. this. Yeah. Because even little kids have depression and have thoughts and just like helping them understand those emotions so they don't suppress them to make them get to an unhealthy point is so important. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. yeah. So very important episode. Mm-hmm. It's sad. Probably will never be able to watch it, but I'm glad. They <laughs> yeah. I don't think I probably will turn to do it. <laughs> uh, no. Hey guys, this is Robert Brooksby from Limitless Broadcasting and the painful truth of living with chronic pain. Your donations allow us to deliver high-quality content to you, the listening audience. So, please head over to LimitlessBroadcasting.com today and donate so we can deliver high-quality content to you tomorrow. Thanks, and let's get back to the show. All right, so let's move on to happier things. In 1985... (laughs) which is season 17, we got introduced to one of the most beloved characters in television history, which is Elmo. Oh, Elmo. Everybody loves some Elmo. Mm -hmm. It turns out that he actually was in prior seasons, but he just made like brief appearances. And this Mm. is the first season that we learned his name. Mm. And when he, and in this one, he was actually presented as a prominent, like permanent resident of Sesame Street. Oh, nice. So he was there, but not like he was in 1985. So gotcha. I was just like, oh, look at you, Alma, moving up in the, the neighborhood, getting yourself a real name and everything. <laughs> All right. Oh, goodness. Okay. So we're back on Snuffle. Just call Snuffle him Snuffle. Up, I guess. This okay. is Snuffle. Big Bird's friend. All right. So 
he was finally revealed to the adults of Sesame Street. So this is season 17 and we said he popped up in season three. So all of these seasons, Big Bird was friends with him and could see him, but the adults never saw him. So they thought he was an imaginary friend. He wasn't real, right? But Sesame Street decided that they would go ahead and reveal him to the adults. So he wasn't just an imaginary friend anymore. And this was important because it validated children's thoughts and feelings, even if they felt like they wouldn't be believed. Wow. Big Bird saying, I have this friend. I have this friend. He's real. And everyone's like, oh, he's an imaginary friend. But they realize they might be kind of telling kids, you're telling adults something and they just aren't going to believe you. And this was a way to prove to them, no, always share what you're feeling or what's going mm-hmm. on with you, even if you feel like you may not be believed because the adults will listen. And I was just like, oh, just, it's so clever. <laughs> it is. I just can't believe it. Let's see. And then in that same season, there's a lot going on this season. They also, yeah. they addressed adoption. Nice. Through the introduction of Susan and Gordon's adopted son, whose name was Miles. And I was just like, mm. that's cool. So another little thing to add on to their list. So now kids who are adopted probably felt more comfortable. Or if you were around children who were adopted, the other kids would kind of understand it better. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing birds. I think there's birds outside my window. Okay. I was just like, do you hear that? <laughs> I am pretty sure the birds outside my wi- are outside my window right now. It's okay. It's a nice little background noise. We'll pretend we're still going. We're listening to the birds. Okay. Well, it's like I'm a Disney princess. The birds have come. Yes. It fits in. It works. (laughs) All right. So finally hit the 1990s. So in 1990, which was season 22, it kicked off a four-year curriculum on race, promoting pride in our own identities and Mm. respecting and celebrating others, no matter how different they may be. I was just like, okay, well, it seems like a good plan to do for the next four years. And Mm -hmm. Whoopi Goldberg made an appearance on this season. She Mm -hmm. and Elmo discussed the beauty of each other's physical differences, like the color and texture of their skin, hair, and fur. And I was just like, oh. I I remember that episode. I I I vaguely remember Yeah, it kind of looked familiar to me, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because 90, we were finally, like, old enough to, like, understand Mm -hmm. Sesame Street as a show. And I, I just, that is one of my, like vague memories of Sesame Street is Whoopi Goldberg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to kind of go with that idea for mm-hmm. the next couple of years in 1991, they focused on native Americans Okay. in 92 it was Latino culture. Mm. And then in 93, they added a new block called around the corner, mm. which basically expanded Sesame street out. And then they added new characters, which included humans and Muppets. So they are just continuing to expand the block so that we have even more people to add to the show. So Mm -hmm. I don't know who all they added. I didn't write that down, but no, they expanded it. Yeah. Oh boy. Now we're going to time jump to 2001 with season 33. So another sad topic as, as what happens Sesame street, it was in the middle of production when the events of September 11th, 2001 occurred. And we all know what happened then. So obviously the writers and producers knew that they had to acknowledge it and they want to give children the tools and a space to process the tragedy. Cause I'm sure like it was hard for us and we were like preteens, early teens. Yeah. When that happened. It's great. Yeah. And I can't imagine being like 
four or five and having this kind of chaos come about into your world, you're really not going to understand it. We were having a hard enough time understanding it. The adults were having a hard time understanding it. And then you've got the children. I didn't really think about like the young kids and how that would have been for them at the same time. Yeah. So they created four special episodes in response to the terrorist attacks and covered topics like fear, loss, and bullying motivated by cultural intolerance. So I thought that was really great that they, this event occurred and they got right to it to address it. So it wasn't something that they shied away from again, which at this, by this point in time, I wouldn't expect Sesame Street to not acknowledge it. During this same year, they also did significant changes to the format. So they included new segments like number of the day and letter of the day. Hmm. Yeah. Which just sounds cute. So, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. In 2003, season 35, they added a computer animated character named Traction Mm. Jackson or TJ for (laughs) short. He was in a wheelchair and he taught kids that beneath our physical appearances and differences, there are many similarities that connect us. And I thought that was cool. And I also did not realize there were animated characters on the show. But of course, at this time, I was not watching Sesame Street. So no, we were done. Yeah, makes (laughs) sense. Yeah. In 2012, which was season 43, they started building activities and curriculums based on STEM, which is science, technology, engineering, and math. And this makes sense because this was kind of the beginning of when everybody was starting Mm -hmm. to get into pushing kids into being more interested in science and technology, especially girls. Yeah. Yeah. So that made sense. So that was introduced in season 42. And then in season 43, they added art to it and they called Mm -hmm. it STEAM. So they threw art in the middle of it. So it'd make mm-hmm. it me worry. And I, I thought that was good when I read that, that the very next year they added in art because a lot of places were pushing the whole science and everything, but they were neglecting to acknowledge that the arts are just mm-hmm. as important. So yeah. music and literal art, you know, all of that is mm-hmm. just as important as the sciences. So I thought yeah. that was good that Sesame Street still was focused on all of it. Well, and it's, it's still extremely big now, like Mm -hmm. STEM and STEAM are like pretty much integrated into all the curriculums. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. huge at our museum. Like everything we do is centered around STEAM technically. Mm -hmm. And it's something that we really need. We really want to continue to push with little kids because we don't want them to just think, oh, because you're a girl, you have to go into this or, oh, because you're a boy, you can only go into this. We want to be able to have them see both sides. And I know this is totally off topic of, of the Muppets, but Disney does a good job, yeah. has been doing a really good job of this in any of their shows that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Like Sesame Street, Girl Meets World had a whole episode about girls and the sciences and mm-hmm. Riley Matthews, of course, like knocks it out of the park because she's yeah. amazing. But yeah, this is, it's just crazy to, to think of how far we've come mm-hmm. since like some of this stuff has started. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. And I like that Sesame Street is always an early adopter of things too. Mm-hmm. I think that's yep. really great. Yep. Let's see. 2013 season 44, they launched a toolkit. So they started having more of an online presence, mm-hmm. which makes sense because yeah, that's the internet good. boom and all that. So they started adding, you have the show and then they started adding more things that you could do outside of the show. So mm-hmm. which included like learning toolkits. This one was called Little Children, Big Challenges, and it aimed to help children and families cope when they had an incarcerated parent. Mm. And I was just like, that is something I wouldn't have even thought of 
necessarily, but it's something obviously they deemed important. And I'm like, yeah. you know what? That is important because is. there are families out there dealing with this and little kids who are not understanding why one of their parents, they can't see them anymore. Or they can only see them in a certain way. So mm-hmm. yeah, again, I'm just like, all right, Sesame Street, holy cow. Just yeah. Well, and you and I grew up in a small town where that sort yeah. of stuff was not a lot of the stuff that they're dealing with in Sesame Street for these kids mm-hmm. is not stuff that we dealt with in our small little town, because yeah. let's be honest, the town that we were in was not diverse, was not really anything like we grew up in a flipping bubble. Yeah. And I feel bad for us as kids and the kids that are still there in this bubble because they're not actually growing and learning the way that they should. Mm hmm. Yeah. When he, Sorry, that's my soapbox. No, <laughs> there's a small town America and then you can get to the big city, like, which is what I did for school. And I was just like, mm-hmm. this is a bit different <laughs> than it was back home. So yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. And Sesame Street, like we said at the beginning, it's a fictional New York street. So it mm-hmm. makes sense. A yeah. lot of things going on in the big city, mm-hmm. they would be able to incorporate those sort of ideas yep. too. Yep. Let's see. In 2015, season 46, new episodes moved to HBO. This Ooh. is seems to be a bit controversial still, from what I can tell. And it's 2015 on, this this is continued. So it has not gone straight back to PBS. However, PBS gets the new episodes nine months after they air on HBO. So oh. they're still on public access television, but the newer ones... There's a delay before they get them. Uh, and that's I wanna, against their, their okay. reason they started. Yes. And see, there, there's the problem. And I want to hate on it. But when I get to the next fact, oh, okay. prior to HBO's funding, Sesame Street was headed for cancellation. <gasps> the show had posted $11 million, $11 million in losses in 2014 alone. So public access television is awesome it's great i think they're doing good things over there but remember it has to be funded by the public who probably as we're getting like we're saying more and more in these years what are we doing we spent all many episodes and whatnot on the podcast talking about streaming services and how we don't even think disney channel is going to be a thing in the future because they have disney plus i mean people are not watching television anymore they're streaming things they don't even have cable or television like that at all it kind of makes sense on something that's based on public funding and as sad as it is for things like this it it makes sense that you know hbo i they funded it i mean at least it's somewhere yeah this is sure Mm -hmm. mm-hmm in Let's see, 2017, season 48, a character named Julia was introduced as the first Muppet with autism. Mm. I remember this on the news. When I read this, I was just like, yes, I remember hearing about this. And I'm like, okay, again, a great way to introduce a new subject and inclusion and all of that. I thought that was great. Mm -hmm. Season 40. Next one. Yeah. 2018, season 49, they introduced a homeless Muppet named Lily. It's just like, okay, again, something that we really had no exposure to growing up, but there are families and people out there who are homeless and yeah. Yeah. It makes sense that they're addressing that in a way too. I was just like, Oh, it just blows my mind. Yeah. So 2019 season 50, 
Woo, 50. They introduced a new Muppet named Carly to its online Sesame Street in a communities program. Again, there's all these online things that you yeah. can access outside of the show. She was placed in foster care while her mom dealt with a grown up problem, which is basically how the show was addressing addiction. It's just crazy to think there, but there are kids out there dealing with this. So Sesame Street in this way was able to address the opioid crisis and its impact on families, especially children. And I, again, especially this time period, it's still a thing, the opioid crisis, but it just, it's something I didn't think about again, the impact on mm-hmm. children and Sesame street was like, you know what, we need to talk about this and let yeah. them know they're not alone and have, give them resources. So mm-hmm. it's crazy. They have to do that, but it's yeah. for the world, right? Yeah. All right. Last year, 2020 season 51, they partnered with CNN in June to host a special town hall called coming together, standing up to racism, which makes sense because that was when the riots were going on. Yeah. It's this whole nonsense with the pandemic, which feels like it's been going on for 10 years and has not, it's not, (laughs) it's, it's almost insane to remember right in the middle of it. We had the riots going on, which was another stressor to all of us. In addition to the pandemic. And I did see pictures too. um, When I was looking this up, they, it looks like they were also doing like zoom sort of looking meetings and things Mm -hmm. to incorporate that probably with the coronavirus. So I I didn't put that in there specifically, but obviously they were addressing that in certain ways Mm -hmm. too. But I thought that was really good that they did a specific thing addressing racism because that was heavy on all of our hearts during Mm -hmm. the summer of 2020. So yeah. (sighs) Yeah. And then in 2021, which is finally caught up to this year, season 52. Oh wait, no, I'm sorry. Let me back up for a second. I forgot to mention in 2020, the show moved from HBO to HBO max. Okay. There's another little shift there still HBO funded and all that, but yeah. a little bit of a switch. So in 2021 season 52 new Muppets named Elijah and Wesley, who were both African-American humanoids, which if you don't know what that is, that's like a Muppet that looks like a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Easy yeah. To picture. They were on the show to answer other characters questions about race, such as why their skin is Brown and what makes a person black. I was just mm. like, okay, that's, it's kind of continuing with 2020. Yeah. They're standing up to racism and all that discussion. So, well, and the discussions are not done. The, the, the hurt, the, everything that's going on is not done. Like it's, it's sadly with our world, it's always going to be a thing, Mm -hmm. no matter how hard we try, no matter what we do, people are flawed, people are broken and there's going to be hurt and there's going to be issues. And we need to continuously have conversations to make sure that that we are putting it in the forefront. And I mean, 2021, we're starting to see the end of some of the cases from why the riots were happening in 2020. Yep. And so a lot of these conversations are going to have to still be continuing. And, and it's, and I'm glad that they are yeah. still continuing it. Cause honestly, like, like I said, we grew up in a non diverse town and it caused a lot of issues. I don't know about you, Sammy, when you got to the big city, but when I went to South with the South and all of a sudden there's this all diversity, not just African-American, but Asian and people from South America and Australian and, and just all these different things, all these different, I was about to say denominations, but that's not like right. Cultures. <laughs> cultures around. I didn't know how to interact with all of that because it mm-hmm. was just so new. 
And I think that's sometimes the problem with small towns is we get stuck in our own little bubbles mm-hmm. and it causes a lot of the problems when we get out of it. Yeah, I agree. We don't introduce this. Like mm-hmm. they should have been introducing it to us in elementary, middle school and high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is a, like you said, a great way to bring up the topic. And I don't know about little, little kids, but the, I call them the kids at work. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're good 10 years plus younger than me. Uh, and, but they already, as far as like tolerance and acceptance, I've noticed they are a lot better at it than we were at that age. And it's not like I'm saying it was something we did. It wasn't, you know, it just was a different time period they grew up in, yeah. but they grew up with the internet and all of that. I mean, granted it's changing every day and it's more mm-hmm. in your face and there's other problems that come with it. But I have yeah. noticed as far as when I'm interacting with them and whatnot, when they're talking to each other, I'm just like, wow, they are like, it's just more ingrained in them to be more tolerant. Now mm-hmm. I also work with a lot of, they're not white. Let's just say that <laughs> they're already yeah. over. So that may help a little bit with that too. Yeah. Again, like you said, Florida is like a freaking hodgepodge of people from everywhere down here, Indiana, you know, it's depending where you're at, but it's, yeah, yeah, it's Midwest. That's yeah. all I'll say. Well, well Indiana, but yeah. Indiana has its own set of problems. I still follow a lot of what's going on in Fort Wayne. And I know this is like off topic and side note, but mm-hmm. they're having a lot of conversations They're having a lot of issues and, and trying to get people to understand that we're all people. We're not just our color. I mean, there are differences and we have to acknowledge those differences, but we are all human mm-hmm. beings and we all need to treat each other like human beings, no matter yeah. the differences within us. I agree. And I know Fort Wayne has its issues. I know Indianapolis has its issues. I know where I'm at has its issues. Like mm-hmm. it just, I I didn't feel as many issues when I was down in Florida because I felt like everyone's in this big melting pot and they, they all coincide together. But that also might have been because I was in a small, like a small city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and whatnot. But yeah, no, it's, it's good. Like Sesame Street is doing some really good work, but Sesame Street is doing some, just some awesome work. And I'm so glad that yes. we- we are talking about it today. Yeah. And I, I'm glad we decided to include it and then to read about it. It just is overwhelming almost when you mm-hmm. get into the topic, but they've just done so much in their 52 yeah. seasons. And yeah, I think it should continue on indefinitely for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, well, that was good, Sammy. Mm-hmm. You did awesome. That was all Sammy. Just FYI. I did none of that research. There's but been a lot going on at home. Sammy's been getting her payback. Homework. Don't worry, she's getting her. That's true. Back. <laughs> I did all the I did all the Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's okay. It's we fine. go back and forth. It's fine. Yeah, I literally. That's why that just always cracked me up in Star Wars. You have anything to add? I'm like, nah, <laughs> <laughs> nah. You just you and Dan tell whatever you want, and then I'm just gonna talk about what I liked about the movie. <laughs> Having a third box. I know he I was wanna... so much fun to he have. Was. If he wants to guest star anymore, he's he's always invited. I will, I will tell him what our topics are and see what he's interested in doing. But you know, Robbie put him to work. So let's see. Okay. So wait, are they actually like, they're working together now? They're working on a screenplay for something. Oh dear Lord. I have not seen it, but trust me, 
it will yeah. be sent to you at some point because Robbie's like, yeah, I'm gonna have you read it and Ashley read it. And I was just like, does Ashley know this? I mean, Ashley did um, not know this. I know Ashley was supposed to be thinking of ideas for a family script, but I have too much going on right now. I believe I said that. Even, too. Like yeah. I was going to start doing it, but then all this stuff happened that I'm not going to talk about on screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of, it's, it's all, it, yeah. Yeah. Life, life happens. Yeah. I haven't even got to write lately, which is so sad. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently he's uh, 70 pages in something like that. And I heard last. That does not surprise me. Dan is an, am- like Dan is an amazing writer. Like he sent me his pages for his novel. He's writing. Mm-hmm. Oh, so freaking well, good. He had me cracking up. Cause Robbie said the Dan, this was a little bit earlier on. But he already had like 30 some, 40 some pages, whatever. And he's like, oh, I, I have some writer's block. And I'm just like, is this kid serious right now? Like you just wrote like 45 pages of this and you have writer. No, you're fine. Like you just did this in two seconds. It's, it's okay. <laughs> like Robbie said that or Dan said that? Oh, Dan said that. And then he, both Robbie and I are just like, I think you're okay. <laughs> like I it's, think you just need to take a break. It's all right. He, 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 I mean, he is a brooding artist. He uh-huh. really is. Uh-huh. <laughs> so just- Give him a, just be like, sometimes just, you're fine. It's okay. You'll get through this. Yeah. But yeah. I Oh, Dan, I'll have to text him later and be like, so what's this about us? Robbie's like, oh, I I think I'm annoying him because he'll, he'll just ask him like, oh, how's it going or something. And I was just like, nah, he's probably just. Question. Has Robbie ever asked you that about me? What? And he's annoying me with how much he texts me sometimes. But I tell him he probably is annoying you. I've told him that. So, yeah. (laughs) Apparently, it's uh, accepted to text me that much. Okay. Good to know. I'm family. I just know you'll ignore him if you need to. So, I don't worry about it. (laughs) I I usually will say something back, but I'll be very clear. I've been like, I can't do this right now. Like, no time. (laughs) I have no time for exactly. Oh, all right, people. Well, thank you so much for joining us for our Sesame Street episode. Next week, we will continue on our Muppet journey with, I believe we're doing the Muppet Show, correct? Yep. Hitting the Muppet, Muppet Show. Show. Going to be I'm doing the same to... kind of format. So, yep. I'm excited to hear more about the Muppet Show because I've never really watched the original. So, it'll be I have not seen all of it because all of the that episodes. So, oh, that doesn't more than Sesame Street? No. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> that's hilarious no. <laughs> well thank you so much friends make sure to follow us on instagram facebook i almost said twitter we don't have twitter don't look for us on twitter no twitter and youtube so you can see our <laughs> smiling faces where else can they find our stuff sammy limitlessbroadcasting.com you'll find a shop information about our patreon account where your donations are greatly appreciated yes. and can earn you cool prizes like a chance to hang out with us be the third box, wherever it goes, somewhere in here at the bottom, I think actually. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you can see more information about all the podcast shows that we produce. So yes. that's it. Yeah. Well, see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Pixie Dust Twins, Sammy and Ashley. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to the Limitless Podcast Network's own channel, Instagram, and all things social media. And we'll see you all real soon.